Man, God is, God is good this morning. It's great that you're here. I hope that you're doing great. I know I am. Hey, God is good. I'm so excited each week to uh, see God work in ways that only He can. One of my favorite things about studying the Bible is Jesus' illustrations. How many of you like Jesus' illustrations? You know, it's, it's the, he, he is a terrific uh, storyteller often using parables to convey important messages in a memorable way. Take, for example, our text today found in Matthew 7, 13, and 14. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. You know, isn't that incredible, though? It says, Jesus is telling us the way to not get lost is to stay on the right path. How awesome is that? Just stay on the right path and you'll be fine. Right? Especially with GPS today. I mean, it's easy. And so the first question I have to ask you this morning is, how many of you have been lost or made the wrong turn using GPS? <laughs> yeah, every service there's some knucklehead. I mean, there's some people that are, that are losing their way when it comes to being lost. I mean, just yesterday I was in Kansas City. I drove down to pick up my lovely wife. She was coming up from our daughter's and our granddaughter's house in Springfield, Missouri. And so we met in Kansas City. And so I'm on I-35 South right through downtown. And i am got my GPS there. And it says, stay in the right two lanes, right of the fork. And uh, you'll be going down towards Wichita. And I'm going, okay, I'm doing good. I'm on my way to Ikea and things are good. Until the GPS says, continue on for 2.3 miles and take exit 47 and continue your way on I-35. And I'm like, but I'm on I-35. And it's like, no, you're, not, you're on I-670. It's like, well, what happened? Well, I wasn't right of the fork because it was bumper-to-bumper cars. I couldn't go left. I couldn't go right. And that's the road that I'm on. So it's like, thank you, GPS, for giving me an advance notice of what lane to be in. We've all been there. How many of you have been that are that are part of the Atlas crowd? I mean, you know, the big map, the pre-trip directions, the making the marker and making it all down so you know exactly where to go. How many of you are the yeah, old school, man. That is awesome. That is cool. And then you have you have some of those, you know, that uh, you know, you've looked at the map. Yeah. All right, I'm ready to go, right? And you just go. How many of you are like that? You just look at the map and then that's the last time you see it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's awesome. But uh, I was in Chicago a few years back visiting my son in college. And uh, I took the mega bus from Des Moines to, to Chicago and get there in downtown Union Station. It's about 4.30 in the morning or 4.30 in the afternoon. And my son said there's a, there's a bus station just a couple blocks away. Get on the bus station, go to the Brown Line, get on the Brown Line, go up to the north of Wrigley Field to North Park University, and you're good to go. So I get off. I'm walking around trying to find where this bus stop is. You know, isn't there supposed to be a sign or something? I saw a Dunkin' Donuts, but that didn't do me much good. And so I'm looking. I can't find nothing. So I start asking people on the side of the road on the streets. And, you know, they got earplugs in, and they have no desire to give me any information. Their head is down. They're not talking to me, you know. And uh, so I walked into a parking garage and walked into the office, and there's a gal there, and I, I scared her, and she goes, what are you doing in here? I said, uh, I need directions to find this bus stop. And she goes, you're not supposed to be in here. Get out. And I'm like, well, thanks a lot. So I go back out, and I'm looking around, can't find anything. So finally, I just start, I'm from Iowa, right? I mean, Iowa, 
I lived on a farm. I grew up on a farm. I know what a country mile is. I know how to get there. So I'm just going to start walking. It's about 7.8 miles to where I needed to go. I could be there in a jiffy. I start walking, and people were asking for money, and I said, no, I, don't, I can't do that. And finally, I got to the place. A guy came up and asked me for some money. I said, well, you tell me where North Park University is, and I'll, I'll give you some money. He said, oh, yeah, just go five blocks up this way, make a right, go five more blocks, make a left, you'll be good. So we talked a little bit more, and then we stopped at a corner, and he was kind of like, you know, wanting to stop, because he's like, I don't want to go where you're going, because that's not where you want to go. <laughs> and so I gave him five bucks, you know, because we talk about generosity, right? Giving back what God's given you. So I thought, I better give him some money. And so I did. And well, by the time I got where he told me to go, I was no better off than I was when I started. <laughs> I was lost. And it's now 5.30, quarter to six. And, and uh, you know, what am I doing? I'm in downtown Chicago. Uh, you know, I had a phone, but it wasn't a GPS phone. And, and uh, so I just keep on walking, trying to, you know, hopefully I can find something to give me a clue where I need to go. And I finally got a, found a gas station to walk into. And I asked the lady where a brown line train was, and she goes, oh, yeah, it's just one block this way, which I would have never have gone that way because I was going that way. And, uh, and so, lo and behold, I, I made it. And so, you know, there, there are things that we talk about this morning. We're talking about being lost. And we're talking about destinations, and we're talking about how do we get where we need to go. And so in this passage this morning is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has taught through chapters 5, 6, and part of chapter 7 about the how-to the Beatitudes and the blessings and the how to live. And now that those things are put in place, Jesus is covering the how to put them into practice part. How do we put these things into practice? And so we look in our notes, it says there's two gates. There's the narrow gate and there's the wide gate. The path or the gate that we choose determines whether or not you find the way. There are, there are things that we can go and there's places that we can go but they don't always lead us to the place that we need to go. The first fork in the road has a wide gate. It's simple. The entrance is to the road. These gates, the wide and narrow, are just entrances to the gate or entrances to the road. They're, they're there. A, the, these are uh, protecting the road. The, the wide gate is protecting this road that's leading to destruction. It's the easy road. This road that you go through, the wide gate, is, is, a, is, is well-traveled, and it's well-traveled by default. We are, or we travel a, a wide gate um, road because that's, that's the default. When we die, we're, going, we're destined to hell. But because of the grace of Jesus, we have an opportunity to make it to heaven. And so this road that we travel down, this wide gate that opens up is our default. It takes little effort to travel down this road. Although we may find the road filled with potholes and other obstacles, it is sometimes easier than following the alternative. But at the end of this road, it's destruction, eternal separation from God. And that is the tragedy when we go through that wide gate. There are warning signs galore, but all too often they are ignored until it's too late. And for every sign that warns us of the danger ahead. For every sign that tells you, do not go down this road. Do not go down. Do not open up this gate. For there is destruction. There is despair. There is hurt. Even though you may feel like, hey, this is what I need to do. It is a road to destruction. And for every sign that has danger sign has danger ahead, there are more signs that give us the pleasures that can be found along the way. And that is what the enemy wants. 
The enemy wants to control you. The enemy wants to give you those pleasures and continually fill those pleasures up in the world and and to, to get you to the place where you're almost numb. And God has given us the opportunity to see the other side. And so all the warnings are too easily made light of until the end of the road, which sometimes we, which comes unexpectedly. And so in our text reference this morning, this wide gate as he is speaking to a large crowd about the Jewish religious leaders were leading them astray by being more interested. What are they more interested in? Well, they're more interested in, in appearing outwardly to be religious by practicing rituals for others to see. These Jewish leaders and the, some of the Jews were more interested in obtaining their own self-righteousness and their own salvation through trying to do the things of the outward, or, uh, outward side and to impress others rather than to depend on God. And these Jewish leaders and their followers totally missed, the, the, missed that Jesus was the Messiah who was written in the Old Testament. And ultimately, and most importantly, they didn't recognize that they needed a Savior as they thought they were righteous enough to do the outwardly things. This wide gate is described represents our culture today characterized by being self-dependent self-absorbed it's about me it's about me wanting to appear outwardly as if we're better than everyone else it comprises also of the world religions other than true christianity this that that teach that if you are just good enough to do certain things and practice certain things and rituals and sacraments you might earn your way and just maybe make it to eternal life with God. We live in a country that in some ways is based on religious pluralism. In other words, we allow for and we tolerate people choosing their own religion. But we have to understand this morning that the downside of living in a religious, pluralistic society where we tolerate all kinds of other faith, if we're not careful, will lead us to acceptance of those faiths in small ways. And we can see that in our society today. And if we're really not careful, if we're really not paying attention, it can lead us to a place where we can unintentionally and unknowingly blend our faith with other faiths. And this is called syncretism. We see celebrities and others teach that God is on top of the mountain and Christians are going up this side and Hinduism is going up this side and Muslims are coming up this side and something else is coming up this side. All trying to reach into the thing, into the throne of God, and we can they they they, they promote that it's the it's it really doesn't matter what path you take because it all leads to God, it's it's inclusive, but the problem with that is that it's wrong. Our first point says the path that or a gate that you choose determines whether or not you find your way. That gate that you choose determines. Acts four twelve says salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. You see, the world wants us to be able to have all different ways to God. That you can do this and you can do that. You can be your own God. But the word of God, the truth says there's only one way. And so the second fork, it's easy to miss. It's a narrow gate that will not allow the person entering it to carry much baggage. Unlike the broad gate, this one offers little promise of an easy trip. In fact, the road stretching out beyond the gate looks to be one that will be full of hardships. 
And although truth be told, few actually even notice this gate, much less look into it to see where the road might lead. We have to be able to stay awake and we have to be able to be alert when you're on the narrow road, watching out for danger in the road ahead. But at the end of this road is life. It's eternal life with God. Where the road to, that, that's the wide gate, the road that leads after the wide gate leads to destruction. John ten seven says, Therefore Jesus said again, Verily, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. And so the picture of this that we look at, that we've painted here this morning, of this road seems bleak. But God has provided us with a pair of guides. He's provided us with the Bible. The Bible warns us of the dangers and how to successfully meet them. The Bible is our guide that helps us as we travel down this road. But even more importantly, we, we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has been given us to guarantee our safety on the road and to bring us to that end. When we want to know, how do I get from the gate, the narrow gate, down the road, and to my destination? How, do we, how are we going to be able to do that? It's through the Holy Spirit. When we falter, He is there to pick us up. When we doubt, He will assure us. When our strength gives out, He will pick us up and carry us for that season. And when the way ahead is unclear, we can count that He will point us in the right direction. So why would we choose the narrow gate? Jesus says that you would choose the narrow gate even if it's going to be hard because it's the only gate that puts you on the path that leads you to eternal life. It's the only path that will lead you to heaven. Whereas we shouldn't choose the wide gate even though it will be easier because it's the gate that will lead you to the path of hell. Every gate puts you on a path, and every path leads you to a different place or a destination. And John 3, 3 says, Jesus says that you must be born again. That is our path. How do we become born again? Where is the, where, what do we do? Well, Jesus is standing at the gate. His, his legs are across the gate. He is guarding the gate. And the only way that you can get into the, into the narrow road is if you accept Jesus Christ. The only way that you can accept Jesus Christ is if you confess of your sins. If you say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. It's something from your heart. It's something that transforms you. It's something that begins to do something within that only God can do. But the wide gate is a road of destruction. You can do whatever you want. And for a season, it can be, it can be easy. And for a season, it can be something that you want to be a part of. And so Jesus gives us these examples of these two gates. Jesus is the gatekeeper of the narrow road. The devil, you could say, is the gatekeeper of the wide road. He's letting anybody in. And that leads us to the two roads that we've been talking about. The Bible tells us about these two two roads that men are going to take. Both roads lead to a place of eternity. And after you go through the gate and you have to walk the road, just like I had to walk in Chicago and I had to find something, I had to go and do something. One is called the broad road and the other is called the difficult road. In John 10, 10, it says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The wide road 
His purpose is to still kill and destroy you. And when we do not have Jesus on our side, we are not knowing that you are dying from within. Because the thief is just rotting us away. But John is telling us that my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That life that we have with Jesus is incredible. And then in Romans 1.21 it says, Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think of think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Many times when we start going down that dark road, when we begin to go down that wide road, open up that wide gate, we begin to have our hearts hardened and our eyes blinded and confused. Jesus is talking about our way of living. How are we going to put this in practice? There's a way of living in the world that is full of permissiveness and tolerance. There's no boundaries. There's no borders. There's no curves to our thought or our conduct. On that broad road, you can go where you want, you can do what you want, you can believe what you want, and you can just do you. But Jesus points out something here. He says that, he says that the road that is described here is not the road of following Jesus. It's really just the world's road. It takes no effort. It's easy. It's broad. It's, it's kind of a no-brainer to travel and do what you want. Until you realize that there's emptiness inside. And I think we probably have all had that moment where, there's, where we have emptiness. That there's, we've done something and we've realized that it wasn't what we needed to do. We were on the wide road. We were going down in the wide gate. And we realized, why did I go here? Because that wide road doesn't lead us anywhere good. It's kind of like suction in mud. Anybody ever been stuck in suction of mud? It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're walking and everything seems to be good, right? And then all of a sudden, your shoe's still in the mud and your, your foot's outside. Now what are you going to do with the other foot, right? I mean, that suction of mud, it seems like it's okay. It seems like that path is all right. Until you get stuck. Until you realize the emptiness that there is. Some people will look at this and say, that's really restrictive, why would you want to walk on a road like that that's narrow? Why would you want to travel down a path of life that's so restrictive and so difficult and hard? Friends and church this morning, I can tell you that God's rules and His laws and His boundaries are a sign of His grace. His rules are His grace. His rules are His path for you to be able to get to heaven. When you tell a little child or someone you care for to stay away from danger, you're not doing that to be the killjoy. To kill their fun. You're doing that because you want them to survive, to be successful. And that's why our, we, we talk about it all the time, but there, there's the, our connect groups is, is so important because there are moments when you're going to be on that narrow road. You've gone through that narrow gate and you're going to be there and you're going to come up with a, with, with a situation in your life. And how do I, how do I overcome that? Well, maybe you talk with your spouse and, and, and you pray and you, and, you, know, you're, you seek the Word of God and, and, that, and that's great. But maybe you need someone else as an accountability partner. You need someone else to, to be there. Well, that, maybe that doesn't happen very often. Maybe that's just like once a, once a year. Why do I need to be part of a connect group? For that once in a year time. 
Because there's something incredible when you can lean into somebody and tell them how you feel, tell them what you're going through and not be judged, but understand that there's a growth process that needs to take place because why, why, what good is it for you to go down the narrow road thinking that you're on the narrow road, but in reality you're on the wide road and there's nobody telling you to get off the wide road and get back on the narrow road. Sometimes we need to be kicked a little bit and say, get up. Sometimes we need to be loved and encouraged and cared for. In our notes, it says, Jesus' rules are not to kill our fun and joy, but rather to help us live a good, stable, productive, and fruitful life. That is what happens when we are on the narrow road. There's, there's goodness, and there's stableness, and there's product, productivity, and there's fruitfulness. Even in the midst of the disappointment and the hurt and the things that we go through as we travel this road. The Jesus way is difficult and it's hard and narrow and restrictive. And admittedly, there are a couple different challenges that we face. The first one, the first challenge that we face is from the outside, from others. The challenge on the outside says that you travel this Jesus way, people will say, you just need to lighten up. That way that you're living. They say, I think it's so restricted that you're trying to be, you're not very tolerant of other people. How do you think and how, how do you feel that way? And how do you believe that way? And they go out and they continue and they say, well, you can, you can keep on living for Jesus. You can keep worshiping. You can keep reading the Bible. You can keep going to church. You can keep doing all that religious stuff, but just be a little bit more flexi- flexible. I mean, be a little bit more accepting of the people around you. And this is where I think we as Christians have to understand and use wisdom. And, and know, of course, we need to love people. Of course we need to be able to caring and we need to nurture and encourage because there's moments that we're in that place. The Bible tells us to do unto others as you want done to yourself. Of course we need to be that way. But we have to be able to live out His Word in our lives and share that love to others. But at the same time, we have to understand that we can't compromise in what God's Word says. Just because there are people out there that says anybody can go to God and you can go to God in any way that you want doesn't mean that it's true. It doesn't mean that we have to bow down and allow it to happen. But rather we stay strong and we stay in His Word. We can't compromise the Word of God. And there are moments that we as Christians make mistakes on how we compromise. And maybe sometimes we don't do it in the right way. And then we have to go and repent and we have to apologize and we have to try to make it right. And we have to share the love of Jesus. But Jesus' word hasn't changed just because the world wants it to change. The word of God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Amen? That's why we live here. That's why we come into this church. Is to be able to understand, God, what is it that your truth that's been here for so long that's anointed by the Holy Spirit, that's, that's there, that's truth. What is it that I need to learn today? The other challenge that we face a lot of time is a challenge from within. Because of the love that God has put on our heart for people, we don't want anybody to be left out. Amen? We don't want anybody to be left out. But it's a really challenging thing. 
His love that flows through us. Oftentimes we, be, we can be tempted that while we're walking in the Jesus way, we want everybody to be saved and we're tempted to make the road wider. The, we're, we're tempted to make the narrow road wider to accommodate more people and give them false hope of the road that they're on. The road is narrow and God's give us, given us the instructions of the narrow road of how the path to get to heaven. And we can't just accommodate people's worldly views or their their views that don't go along with god just so that we can have more people in the church but rather we need to be able to promote the word of god the truth of the god and have transformations that take place in your story and how god has worked in your life and how god has transformed you goes out into the neighborhoods and goes out into your family out into your friends and they're like wow what is this god that you're talking about i want to know more so we don't alter we don't compromise, but we allow God to change us from within, and incredible things happen. So, friends, that's a really dangerous thing that we have. It comes out of a good motive, but we can't compromise, and we have to walk through that narrow gate. And when Jesus is there, we walk with confidence. But as we walk, there are two crowds that we become a part. Number three, there are many, and there are few. The few that we're talking about here in, is the, the few that find the narrow gate, which is Jesus and the difficult road. The gate is Jesus. The few are those that have accepted Jesus. That's the only way that you get on the narrow road is that when you make that commitment to follow Jesus and you repent of your sins and you turn everything over for him and that you want a new start. In our notes, <laughs> and then it says the many he's talking about is the majority that's on the broad road. In our notes, it says, Many come to the door and look in, but never go in because they're satisfied with sitting on the porch. There are times when, when people want to be able to, to look inside, but they're satisfied with what they're sitting at. Many come to the door that are on the wide road and look on the narrow road. They look at those people over there and they're satisfied with where they're at because they don't realize where their destination is. See, your destination when you're on the wide road, whether you want to or not, that road leads to hell. It leads to destruction. But your road that when you're on the narrow path leads you to eternal life. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but there are boundaries of things that we can, that we can and cannot do according to God's word. And it's easy to look the other way Look to that other road, and there's a bunch of people on that road. In fact, Jesus said most of the people would be over on that other road doing the things that they want. And for us, we can begin to think and look over there, and man, those people are having a lot of fun. Man, they're doing those things. Man, they're having a blast. I mean, they're living their dream. They're having a great life over there. They don't have no rules and no boundaries, no borders, and nobody can tell them what to do, and and they're just having life. It looks awesome. And if we're not careful, we can look over there, and and we can know most of the people on that road. And it says in our notes, it says, if you're not careful, we can look over and many, look over at the many and be convinced that we are the one that has to change. When we take our eyes off of Jesus, the things of this world becomes enticing. And all the things that are happening outside of what we consider, the things that we dropped, 
And if I'd give each one of you today a piece of paper and you write down the things that you turned over to Jesus that you no longer do. And Jesus stripped those things away from you and you're no longer that. And we look off to the other side on that other road and it's wide and, and they're doing all the things that maybe we used to do. <clears throat> we can be tempted. The enemy will come in. We, we sing this song. But we've, there's a song out there that says, I'm, I'm taking back what the enemy has stolen from me. I'm taking back the territory the enemy has taken from me. Why? Because the enemy wants to steal from you. He wants to take what you, what you have gained. And so we see in our notes, it says that don't be the one convinced that you are the one that has to change. You are not the one that has to change. Jesus delivered you. Jesus sets you free. Jesus gave you hope. Jesus is there in the midst of your storm. We can't change just to go over and have fun for a day and lose everything that God has worked in our life for. And most of the people in the world are on that road, not, not the Jesus way. They're doing the world thing through the world's way. And we know where the majority of people are is probably the right way because many people would choose to do the wrong thing, wouldn't do it, right? I mean, if, there are, if, if the majority of people are doing the world thing, well, that must be the thing to do. But friends, Jesus in this passage, I think, very strategically and intentionally told us that he told us that Many will choose that way, the bad way, the wrong way, the way that leads to destruction, but only a few will choose Jesus. And this anticipation, this movement is a powerful thing. As you begin to understand, as you go through that narrow gate, as you begin to go down that narrow road, as you begin to realize your destination is heaven, and God begins to transform you new and fresh each and every day, and all of a sudden there's new things that happen. There is something that's incredible about your walk with God. If today you're sitting here this morning and you say that your walk with God is boring, if you say that your walk of God is not fresh, can I encourage you today to take a step, to take a step of faith, to take a leap of faith? Because there's nothing more powerful than your story that God is working within you. And there's nothing more scary than to share your story with somebody. But there's nothing more rewarding than when that person says, can I know more about Jesus? There's nothing more powerful than when you can pray for somebody going through a difficulty that stretches you and stretches you to places that you don't even understand. Our faith is incredible. Our faith should be challenging. But our faith can't be on the sideline. And sometimes, maybe more times than, than, than I want to admit, sometimes I'm on the sideline. And Jesus is showing us here that it may be difficult, it may be hard, but this movement that's on this narrow path has purpose. Jesus tells us to live sacrificially, to live humbly, and to turn the other cheek. And even though it may not be popular, and when you make those stands, the, you're going you're gonna to have those moments where people are going to recognize you as being different. Can I tell you today, we need to be world changers. We need to be difference makers in our life. In Romans 10, 13, 
It says all. This is inclusive. This is an inclusive sense. It says all who come that call the name of the Lord will be saved. So yes, it's exclusive in the sense that you only get to get to heaven through Jesus, but then it's inclusive because all people can make it. God doesn't restrict one person from getting to know Jesus. Not one. Jesus opens the gate and opens the road to the kingdom of God to anybody and whosoever will believe in him. So there's two gates and there's two roads and there's two crowds. And he finishes with this and he says there's two destinations. There's hell and there's heaven. There's life and there's death. The Bible describes hell as eternity separated from the presence of God. And Jesus says the highway to hell is broad and many choose it, but the road that is difficult, only a few find it. So this morning there are two categories of people, I think, in the world right now outside of Christianity. One is the voice of people who say, this life is all that there is. Get everything that you can. Get everything out of it that you can. Get the gusto. Go after it. Make, man, party hardy. Do all the things you can because this is the only life you got. And if you take the words of Jesus seriously, you have to be very careful not to live like this because there is an afterlife. In your notes, it says, don't be lured in thinking that there is no afterlife. For there are two options, and, there's, and it's called heaven and hell. You see this group of people who are saying no no stop and go after it. They, they're, they're missing. They're searching for something. I believe that every one of us in some capacity is striving and desiring to know who God is. Because of the race that you're running, the things that you're going after, you're trying to cover up things, you're trying to mask things, you're trying to you know, do things and, 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 and all of those things. But I believe when it, when it all comes back, our heart and our soul has a GPS system inside of it that's drawing us to the Holy Spirit, drawing us to Jesus. But then you have this other group of people that look at all the different outcomes and they look at world religions like we talked about before. And if you're going to live by the teachings of Jesus and you're going to take him seriously, that means that there's no soul sleep. There's no purgatory, no nirvana, no Valhalla, no reincarnation. There's only one way to make it to heaven, and that is through Jesus, our Lord. In your notes, it says your choices, your options, your alternatives, and your opportunities all lead to God. God has given us a choice to use your options and find alternatives to take your opportunities to lead you to God. God does not want you to be at that place, at that roadblock, at that fork in the road and choose the wide. He wants you to choose the narrow. And so we have two options, heaven and hell. But he gives you the choice. Jesus pursues you. He pursues you to find a moment in time where you could say yes to him. He wants you to know Him, but we have a choice to make of whether or not we're going to follow Him. It reminds me of this great passage from Deuteronomy 30. Moses is pleading with the people. He says, today, 
I give you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make, that you would choose life. So that you and your descendants might live, you can make this choice by loving the Lord, your God, and obeying him and committing yourself. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land, and your Lord swore to give you your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so we see here that Moses was begging. He says, please, 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 I'm begging you, choose life. Choose God. Choose his way of living. And I would say that to you today, that you choose life by choosing Jesus. I would beg you to look at the gate that you're standing in front of today and look at the destination that's down at the end. The destination of the wide road leads to destruction. The destination of the narrow road leads to eternal life. Maybe this morning you're on the narrow road but you're not living where God wants you to be. And today God is opening that pathway for you to be able to make a decision today that doesn't just mean for today, but it gives you a pathway for eternity. And I love the fact that we can have a conversation with somebody that says that all roads lead to God is a perfect statement because they do. All roads lead to God. Revelations 20 says, I saw a great white throne in him who was seated on it from his presence. I saw the deed great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged by what is written in the books according to what they had done. And then in verse 15 it says, And if anyone's name was not found in the written book, in the written book of life, they were thrown into the lake of fire. See, there are consequences for being on the wide road. There are consequences to to understanding that there will be a moment in time when you have no more choice. But today, we have choice. See, all the roads lead to God in the sense that every single person who's ever lived will one day stand before God. No matter what date you walk through here on this earth, no matter what road that you choose to take, no matter what crowd you decide to be a part of here on this life on earth, all of these things will get you to God. The question is, what road did you take to get there? What gate did you open to get there? What crowd were you a part of to get there? See, the crowd of the few was what was us. And I want you to be encouraged. I, I, and I'll say it again. We have to be here for each other, to encourage each other, to help each other, to guide each other, to, to instruct each other. But what are you doing in people's lives? What information are you finding that you can say, hey, Mike, I think we need to have a testimonial wall. Wouldn't that be awesome? A testimonial wall of things that people are doing. Hey, I talked to JoJo the other day, and God rocked his world, and this is what he's doing. I mean, it's incredible. We need to be able to hear those stories that people are on the narrow road. They're making it to eternal life in heaven. This is what they're doing. Not, Jesus is so much fun, You know, squirrel, right? No, God is awesome. 
I'm getting off track. Play a little Pastor Ryan right there. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, God's good. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Mike, you can come on up. It says, For the Son of Man came to seek to save those who are lost. Jesus uses this word lost, not as an unkind word, but a word that describes a person that has not had an encounter with God. Today, I, I hope, A, that you have an encounter with God, but I hope that that encounter with God becomes alive. I started the message today talking about being lost. And I can name a lot of instances where I have been lost in life and the decisions that I've made that put me at a fork in the road. And I'm thankful that through it all that I have been able to make it to the right side of the fork. And when those decisions were hurtful and hard, that I had people around that were able to get me back to the right side. Jesus says that if you never come to me, you are lost. And why would he use the word lost to describe people who have never come to him? Because he knows what happens when you're on the wrong road. He has compassion for you. He loves you. And we get off the path and we no longer see the right way to go and the way to live. We sometimes want to follow God's way, but we can't even see where we're at. We get distracted. We've made bad choices. We're lost. And sometimes we're in a scary place. And I think a lot of people get to that place in their life where they're lost and disorientated and confused and they start grasping for all kinds of things. And that's why it's so important that when we get to that place of, of trouble that we're not on the wide road because when we're on the wide road we, get, we start grabbing all of the things of this world and the, the addictions and the drugs and the, and the sex and, and the things, that, whatever it may be, and we grab them. But when we're on the narrow road and we're following in God and we become stagnant, maybe we come in a place where it's hard, we can grab the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We have people in our lives that are breathing life into us and encouraging us and helping us in the, in the places that we need to go. And even though God is on both sides of the roads and God is calling you and pursuing you, God wants us to be on the right path. Because when we really think about it, we know. We know in our depths where our heart is. And we know what road we're driving on. And so we really need to know that Jesus is the only way. If you're wandering this morning, God is ready to bring you home. If you're struggling today, God is re ready to help you with those answers that you need. If you're confused today, God is ready to give you clarity. If you're hopeless, God's ready to give you hope.
God is an awesome God. And I think that each of you have the, pur- the purpose and the potential to see God do things that only He can. There are only two gates. One leading to destruction, the other leading to life. One is readily found, the other must be searched for. One is popular, and the other is unpopular. One is easy, and the other is difficult. Choose wisely, for our eternal destiny depends on the choice of what gate that you pick this morning.